The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are once again live to tape to the W2M Network. This is the 205 Live Review here for Wrestling to the Max. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Welcome back, everybody, into the 205 Live Review. Real quick, before we get started, I want to take this time to thank Gary Vaughn for filling in for me last week. Much obliged, good sir. And joining me, as per usual, though, why she tolerates this show, we're beginning to question, (laughs) Miss Liz Puglisi. Good evening again, Liz. Good evening, Harry. Well, good morning. Well, I mean, yeah, it is after midnight on the East Coast, isn't it? Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, we we have way too much free time on our hands. you got to be up in like five hours, too. That sucks for you. Pretty much. I don't know why you do this to yourself. I wouldn't want to stay up for a good wrestling show when I had to be up in five hours, let alone 205 Live. Can I you have believe? No, I have no life. It gives me something to do. Can you believe it's been one year since this cluster fudge sickle started? Is it true that they sent out a survey asking people about 205 and what they would like to say? Um, if they did, I didn't get it. In fairness, I haven't looked for it either. Odds are it might be sitting in my inbox, and even if they did, I wouldn't respond to it. <laughs> you wouldn't respond to it. We do this every week. You're not going to respond? No. I feel I feel like I give away enough of my opinions about the WWE. You just link it to the podcast. At WWE Network. If you want my thoughts on 205 Live, listen here. Exactly. Something along the lines of cor- creative is cordially invited to GFY. Family-friendly podcast, people. Hence GFY. That's right. Shall we get into this? Our announcers, Vic Joseph, a.k.a. Vic Travaliante, because that name's too long for WWE television, and Nigel McGinnis, which apparently isn't too long for WWE television, welcome us to the one-year anniversary episode of 205 Live. Yes. Super. I can't believe it's actually been a year, actually. And what better way to start a one-year anniversary than Enzo Amore? In case the sarcasm doesn't come through, allow me to repeat. What better way to start a one-year anniversary than Enzo Amore? He's the champion. You know what? I don't dislike Enzo in the Cruiserweight division because he's a burst of personality that this division desperately needs. But at the same time, it's not like the focus has been on on him in the ring anyway. It's been on his cronies, his lackeys, his entourage, his Zotrain. Yeah, I mentioned to Gary last week that, I don't know, I got the impression that eventually they were going to start phasing him into more of a stable manager, you know. Position. You're the mouthpiece. The J.J. Dillon to the horseman kind of thing? 
Yeah, or a Bobby Heenan type person. Uh, okay, first of all, let us never put Enzo Amore in the same sentence as Bobby I mean, Heenan but again. I'm I'm talking about the the motivator, the briber, the the mastermind. There's never going to be a Bobby Heenan. I mean, there's never going to even be a JJ Dillon, but that type of character. I mean, that depends. If we're talking for an office, JJ Dillon, I think Enzo could fill that role perfectly. That's a joke like three people will get. Moving on. Enzo talks about Noam Dar and makes a bunch of Mario Kart references because he's apparently 12 and sets us up for our first singles match on the evening of Rich Swan versus Noam Dar. I like Rich Swan. I generally tolerate Noam Dar. This match almost put me to sleep. Yeah, it was there. I mean, it was a serviceable match. It had a some type of meaning. It was there to give Swan a victory going into the number one contenders match that he's going to have on two weeks on Raw. And I will give them credit for finally putting the cruiserweights in matches of some relevance on Raw once again, because God knows it's been forever since that's happened. Yeah, I guess. It's, I don't know, the match didn't really hold my interest, so... Well, in fairness, you're over the multi-man matches to begin with, though. Oh, God. We've got we had a lot of them this week between the three shows. At least last week's at least last week's NXT was only a pair of singles matches. You had that going for you. Yes, I mean, if you good. if you watch NXT, I don't know if you watch NXT on a regular basis. No, on and off. So Swan picks up the victory with the Phoenix Splash and. Enzo gives Noam Dar yet another verbal dressing down at ringside here. Could have been worse. He could have dropped him on his head almost with a Cobra Clutch Slam called the Coloss. <clears throat> Fix your finish, gender. Anywho. Dasha backstage interviews Kalisto. He talks about the fact that he lost to Enzo and now he has to fight his way back to the title. Okay, on behalf of wrestling fans everywhere, do not let Kalisto anywhere near that belt again. He's him and Jinder are on the no title list. I mean, at least Jinder isn't doing it for Great Kali or anything. Although Great Kali did come back to help him. Idiot. But true. But true. And I feel the need to say this once again, even though I say it all the time. I have nothing against Kalisto as an in-ring performer. He is just a god awful interview. Well, I think part of it is the fact that they don't let him be himself. We've talked about that on this very show before, Liz. You know, I know, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> you know, I see him, you know, online in um, to a degree on um, up, up, down, down on Instagram stories. He's very entertaining. He has a very nice speaking voice. None of that comes through on the show. Yeah, and another weird thing about it to me is the fact that he's so – like when he was Samurai Del Sol, because N- Nigel makes that reference all the time. He calls him the former Samurai of the Sun. That mm-hmm. was his independent wrestling name, Samurai Del Sol. Right. And when you go back and you look into his independent wrestling run as Samurai Del Sol, so much more charismatic, so much more connecting with the fan base, so much more fluid in regards to what he does inside of the squared circle as well there. It's just like – the WWE style and Kalisto have not translated well together. 
I think that happens with a lot of people, though. I mean, there's been a few times the fans have been so excited that somebody's coming in and, you know, this, that, or the other thing, and then poof, they just fall flat because they're changed so much. See, one person who I don't think that can be said about is somebody that uh, is associated with a member of the Cruiserweight division. That would be Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews more or less kept the same personality. Mm-hmm. And the same move set, and it just fell flat with the WWE audience, which I thought was right. unfortunate because I like Apollo. I've I've always been too. a fan of his work. No, I like him. All right, our next contest is Kalisto versus the returning gentleman Jack Gallagher. Gallagher accompanied to the ring by Kendrick. The match itself sees Kendrick interfere for the disqualification, giving Kalisto the win. After Kalisto had hit Samurai Del uh, Salida Del Sol, excuse me. Yeah, it was there. I mean, it was it wasn't bad. I actually liked the match. Um, out of the first two matches, I liked the second one better. It held my attention, you know, much more. Gallagher is always entertaining. My problem is, is it always felt like it was going to get ready to go to that next level, and then it never got there. No, it didn't. It was steady. Both, both of these first two matches felt like they were stuck in first gear. In my opinion, yeah. The the biggest thing with the second match and probably the first, there was no, there was no real story to it. There was no drama. There was not even one thing that was over the top. We see Kalisto and we see Kalisto get laid out by a headbutt courtesy of Gallagher post match. So obviously these two aren't done, and I'm sure they're going to end up finding Kalisto a friend to take on Gallagher and Kendrick down the road. Once again, a hype video for Adeo Atami. Uh, I know you just said you don't watch a ton of NXT. Are you familiar at all with Atami's body of work? I am. Your thoughts? I'm hoping he livens things up. Um, I have to go back and watch some of his NXT, you know, matches before he um, debuts on here. I just hope he doesn't end up in some stereotypical. Oh, you know what's going to happen. Feud with um. Oh, God, my mind just went blank. Um, I feel Akira. like the ob- yeah. I feel like the obvious choice for him to feud with would be Akira Tozawa. If yeah, he's a exactly. Or, or Drew Gulak if he's a babyface. I would much rather see him. Um, feud with Gulak because Akira was the one that I just couldn't get his name out for some reason. And, you know, they love their stereotypes. So I'm kind of hoping we don't get it. A little bit of tension deceit is teased in the ranks of the non-Zotrain members as Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali have a little bit of a snippy back and forth backstage. They appear to put their differences aside in order to concentrate on the tag team main event for the show. Drew Gulak gets promo time, and frankly, we're all better for it. I love Gulak. I think down the line he'll make a great announcer. I think down the line he'll make a great. I think down the line he'll make a great babyface. Oh yeah, totally. He's one of the guys who cur- who's currently on the the uh, two hundred five live roster who I can genuinely see sticking around if this show goes belly up. 
Right, and that was by announcer. I meant on the commentary team, not like a ring announcer. So I definitely see that he has, you know, some future, if not as an in-ring performer elsewhere within the company. I think he has options. Team PowerPoint might be the best name in the WWE currently. That was fabulous. And the way that Gulak explained it to us, despite the fact that it didn't need explaining, was perfectly, what's the word I'm looking for? Jackassery enough of the character, I think would be mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for here. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the word I would be looking for is smarmy, but jackassery works as well. Yeah. Apparently, Drew Gulak is Batman. I am not a huge superhero person. I never have been. I never will be. That line made me chuckle. Until he called Enzo Superman. Yeah. Enzo is most definitely not. Enzo's, Enzo's en- barely Lois Lane. Enzo is, um, I'm going to say his name wrong, Mitzelplex. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Look it up. You'll agree with me. Enzo is Mitzelplex. Um, can you spell that? We'll talk no, about like, this I'll, affair. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll fight it for let's you. Not, in, uh, yeah, let's not, put, let's not put Liz through the script's national spelling bee here on air. It ends badly. Well, no, it's, it's... Excuse me. I actually was a spelling bee champion. <laughs> but it's a very odd name. Do you want me to make Funny. you spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? I actually can, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I have a funny story from a recent wrestling show I'll talk to you about off the air. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our main event for the show here, which is the aforementioned teams of Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander taking on Drew Gulak and Tony Nese. And you know how I mentioned that there was some teasing of dissension in the ranks amongst the babyfaces? You did. Well, apparently all is not good in babyface land for this match. It's not all sunshines and rainbows. It's instead pinfall victories for the Zotrain. Yay. Only because it was Gulak. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the rare opportunities for Gulak to stand with his hand raised at the end. Of, okay, technically he didn't. He rolled out of the ring as soon as the pinfall happened. But hey, Gulak got a win. That's all that matters. Yep, that's it. I'm really interested to see a Mustafa Ali Cedric Alexander singles match, which was why and Tony and I were talking about this on the reaction last night. If you really wanted to do something here, everybody loves tournaments. Why not just do an eight man tournament for the Cruiserweight <gasps> number one contendership? Yes, I said that yesterday. Why torture me with these multi man matches? We could have had two matches on Raw, two matches on 205 Live, so that way you have something to build for 205 Live. You could have had the semifinals on Raw, or one of the semifinals on Raw, and then the other semifinals, the main event of 205 Live. And then give them 15 minutes on Raw for the finale to determine the number one contender. And you'll have somebody that the fans will be invested in, plus somebody with three solid wins under their belt with momentum going into the match. I totally agree. That's the inner booker in me coming out. I I do this. It goes back to something you mentioned before. I don't actually know if you mentioned it when we were recording off, but just very lazy booking. Well, it's actually going to go into my finish for the show, and we'll get to that in a second here. Um, Your thoughts on them actually letting Gulak stand tall at the end of the show here? Because it's been kind of teased that Gulak is the weak link in the Zotrain. 
you know, I'm I'm becoming a huge Gulak fan, so I was very happy with it. Is it just me or what? Is it just me, or would it not surprise you to see Gulak win that four-way next Monday night to go on to face Rich Swan for the number one contendership? Because based on what I'm seeing here, as well as the fact that they're probably going to want to do Zotrain versus non-Zotrain for the final, Gulak right. seems the most likely option, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If, if and then you can Gulak. have... I apologize for cutting you off there at the end a little bit there, but and then you can have Enzo bust Gulak's balls about failing again once Rich Swan wins that match. And ultimately, Gulak will turn on the little creep. Or, and this is something else that I thought about as well, is Gulak could go ahead and win the number one contendership, and then you can tell the story of Enzo trying to convince Gulak to throw the match, and Gulak being, no, nah, man, I want the title. That's really good. They should do that. They should listen to you. Also, I want to point out the fact, too, that – and I know we've been constantly singing his praises on this show, and we're going to do it again right now. The start of the match, Gulak's in the ring with Cedric Alexander. They go to lock up. The crowd starts to chant Team PowerPoint. Gulak stops and tells the fans to stop chanting stop even chanting. though they're chanting for him. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love when they do things like that. Because how easy would it be for him to, you know, soak it up, but he kept his character going. And you don't get that a lot sometimes. You don't get that a lot. There are so few heels that are heels in the truest sense of the word these days. Down to the little things such as what Gulak did tonight. Loved it. Fantastic. And also credit to Vic Joseph and Nigel McGinnis for pointing it out on commentary as well. Very well done. Yeah. I miss them actually pointing it out. I saw them do it, but I miss them pointing it out. So that takes us to the big finish here for this particular episode of 205 Live. What's your score on a scale of 1 to 10, Liz? Uh-oh. Hello? 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 I'm still here. My, my my phone just went low battery, so I'm still here, but I got to charge. But I'm listening. Go ahead. No, I was saying I'll, I'll be generous. I'll give it a six. That's too high for me. Um, I enjoyed the main event, but I felt the other two matches were just there, so I'm going to go with a five. Yeah, that was my initial one, but I'll, I'll stay with the six. And much the same way as we just did for SmackDown, let's go ahead and give our new big finish to these episodes here. Let's go with the one-word review. The one word that you would use to best describe tonight's episode, Liz. Satisfactory. And that's being generous. That's being really generous. Um, we talked about several different words that I could use to describe tonight's episode, and I think I decided on which one I'm going to go with. Okay. Complacent. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It felt like 
it felt like they have what they want to do in mind, and in order to do what they want to do, they have to wait to get there down the road, specifically with the number one contendership to Enzo's Cruiserweight title and possibly even the furthering of the situation between Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, the furthering of the situation between Enzo Amore and Drew Gulak, the continuation of the tag team development for Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher. But this was an episode that was just there. Yeah, it, there wasn't anything there's nothing to sink your teeth into <laughs> at the end I, w- I was laughing and this totally has nothing to do with anything did you ever see the movie Clueless I have Okay. so when Tony Nice was standing on the ramp and he had his hair you know, out like hanging around his face didn't he remind you of the stoner guy from the movie it's been a long time since I've watched the movie to, I'll you have, have to, to look at it yeah, I was that I can't get that out of my head. The show was definitely just there, and I feel like I say that all the time, and I probably do. It wasn't anything, you know, spectacular. It moved along one or two things, and you know, and that was it. <laughs> that was that was it. I, I kind of feel like two hundred five would, um, if. WWE is really going to do like a Facebook live show, which I read somewhere, probably in our, in our W2M chat. I think 205 is something that would definitely benefit from things like that or something kind of um, well, the rumor big is... brotherish, you know, where they have like segments, you know, online, you know, prior to Raw, obviously, or, you know, even during Raw, you know, where they pop little things up to get to stir up, you know, interest for the show. The rumor is is that if the WWE Facebook Live show becomes a reality, it'll become a Raw versus SmackDown situation, which I think is stupid. But at the same time, though, that being said, that would air live after SmackDown, which means that 205 Live would be recorded before SmackDown, which I think would benefit the show in the long run. I think it would, too, because by that time, the fans are kind of dead, and... Who knows how many have left by that time? Yeah, whereas if you have like the people that you might not necessarily see at a SmackDown taping coming in to do the Raw versus SmackDown shows, like you could keep some of those people around for those for that particular part of the show. But at the same time, I think it takes away from some of the specialness that comes from seeing Raw versus SmackDown on a uh, on a once a year basis, as they like to proclaim it to be, such as I, was the case for Survivor Series. I did. I thought the Facebook Live was going to be like a talk showy, segmenty type thing, not anything like that. I but. I've heard Raw versus SmackDown, but I can neither confirm nor deny that that's actually what's going to happen. These are all I, it's, all, it's all speculation right now. Yeah, I can't actually say I looked much into it. <laughs> I just it's just it's just what I assumed. I thought it would be something like you know interviews and maybe they know, bring back maybe they bring back exactly. Talking Smack. Maybe I mean Renee needs something else to do, right? This, you know, there's just too many in that, um, backstage people that and does not seem any of, news for them. They all look alike. Well, I mean, technically Renee and Christy are the blondes, and then Dasha and Charlie are the brunette. No, I know, but it's like there's there's not seems to be a need for so many of them, or you know, especially on both shows. Well, I I, I mean, I like Charlie. Everybody likes Charlie. Apparently, Finn really likes Charlie. I, it doesn't matter. There's, there's just there's so many. Pow, chicka, wow, wow. You know. And in regards to your reference Ow. to Clueless, in regards to your reference to Clueless earlier, 
Whatever. <laughs> I thought that would pop you. Um, all right, so we usually talk about this at the end of the show anyways. We might as well talk about it here. What was your favorite match from WWE television this week? Um, gee, I, oh, God. No, nothing really on Roar. Um, because actually, to be turn, totally honest, I turned off Raw before the end. Um, See, mine's actually going to come from Raw, so I'll probably tell you mine in a second. It definitely wasn't any of the women's matches. Well, one didn't even happen, right? Um, I mean, Oscar tapping Dana Brooke in four seconds was pretty that, dope. That was pretty awesome, yeah. Um, Poor Dana, though, but neither here nor there. Gee, I really have to think. Um, well, while you're thinking of yours, I'll give mine. I think okay, I'm going to go with Roman. Re- I think I'm going to go with Roman Reigns versus Elias. That was a good match. And I, I have long been a detractor for Roman. I, mm. I don't think that he's deserving of the push that he's getting. I don't feel that he's over enough for the amount of sway that they've tried to put behind him with even the casual fans and especially the hardcore fans in order to try to get us to like Roman. I think that there is to the point that Roman does get oversaturated. Mm-hmm. But when that bell rings and it's time for him to go against somebody, Roman can go. And Elias more than held his own last night. On oh, the yeah, that was, that was a really good match. So my my match of the week for this particular week, and obviously NXT hasn't happened yet for the week, but right. my match of the week for this week is Roman Reigns versus Elias Sampson. Or Elias. Did, he I mean, lost I get, yeah, He lost something. I he get lost to Sampson. Did he? He did, right? He's kind of like Big E now. He's no more, he's no more Big E Langston. He's just Big E. Well, I mean, in fairness, I guess it's better to lose your last name than your first name, right, Cesaro? Yeah. Well, Remember, Antonio he... is just a, Antonio Cesaro. But it's funny. What's funny is that if you listen to interviews, most of the people will refer to him as, like I was listening to an interview with him and Seamus, and he was like, Tony, 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 Tony. Um... I get all the Roman, you know, hate. I think some of it's, you know, overblown. To be honest, I, I've said it before. When the Shield first debuted, I couldn't have cared less about them. They they grew on me, obviously. Um, I think some of it. I think everybody's kind of been conditioned, you know, to hate Roman for you know whatever reason. Because the internet is insane. Um, if it wasn't Roman, it would be somebody else. I mean, they still hate Zena, you know, to some great extent. Um, my match, I'm still stuck on my match of the week. I did like the Roman Elias one. That was a really good one. I missed the main event for Raw. Um, main event for Raw was... Yeah, you Braun, didn't miss any. You didn't Braun miss Kane anything. Finn. Yeah, it was uh, Kane and Jordan first. And then Jordan, Kane, yeah. And then Kane and Finn. Yeah. Um, you didn't miss anything. You know what? I'm going to go... I mean, actually, you know what? It is going to come from Raw. I'm going to have to go with my two boys, Rollins and Cesaro. I was Rollins. waiting for you to say that. I'm surprised it took this long to get there. Listen, it's one eleven in the morning on the East Coast, and I forgot <laughs> it exists. I forgot it happened for a moment until we were talking <laughs> about the Shield. Yeah, but no, I'm going to have to go with that one, because most of them... I mean, Owens Orton was good for what it was. I usually do, while 205 is normally a little... 
on the duller side of the three shows, you usually get some of the best wrestling on it. But as we said, these matches were just kind of there. The the Ali-Cedric stuff, you know, was really good. They showed a little bit of more personality than usual. Um, but I'll go with Rollins, Rollins, and Cesaro. Claudio. All right. So... That's going to do it for us here on the 205 Live Review. In addition, if you have not had the opportunity yet, please check out our SmackDown Live Review for November 28th as well, as well as all of the old episodes of SmackDown Live available in the archives. In addition, you can also listen to Paul, Leezer, and Gary Vaughn cover Monday Night Raw, so that way you don't have to watch it. And NXT, even though you should watch it, as well as... Wrestling to the max, football to the max, soccer to the max, video games to the max, MMA to the max with Robert Taylor and Joe Hudson. Myself, Brandon Biscabing, and Stephen Ur the third on the kickoff. And hopefully sometime sooner rather than later, myself and Patrick Ketza will be bringing back Wrestling Unwrapped. We are unfortunately in hiatus due to some personal situations. I will not go into the details. If he is, feels the need to share them down the road, he will, but... Due to some personal situations involved with Patrick right now, we are currently in hiatus on Wrestling Unwrapped, but we will be back. So, for our executive producer, Sean Garmer, and my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst thanking you for listening to the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live Review here on the W2M Network, available online at www.w2mnet.com. Thanks for listening. Tuesday. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.